When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Russell. Hello there as well. I'm your host, Ryan Key. Hey guys. Hello everyone out there. I'm Nick. I'm the third host coming up the rear. <laughs> Old rear end Ganbarian. <laughs> it's been a minute since I've reared the back. We've reared you. Have we reared you? We're in Ganbury. It's late again. We're loopy again. That's what they call them back east. (laughs) (laughs) We're loopy. We are sleep deprived, but we're stoked because we're talking about the final. And I'll go ahead and say it for the group, our favorite, right? Season of the Clone Wars. 100%. Yeah. Tell, Tell the people what we're doing with this, though. We're doing this in two parts because the final arc is so crucial, is so loved, and can be talked about to no end until the cows come home to old rear end Gambarian's farm. (laughs) Um, We're going to do part one, episodes uh, one through eight, and then part two, episodes nine through 12. So we're talking about the first two arcs this week. Yeah, and this will be a good little uh, intro to the Bad Batch. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the second arc, you know, the second arc on rewatch, it's so funny when you think about expectations and we talk about that all the time. Because we were watching it week to week a year ago and you want to get to the final arc, the middle arc was like, oh my God, come on. But now that you're relaxed and the whole series is over, I felt like it was a good adventure, you know, Ahsoka-based, just decent adventure. Yeah, the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it. So, let's just get right into it. What have you done with those plans? The Clone Wars Season 7, the final season, as it was called, as it was advertised. The actual final season. This is it, for real. <laughs> this time, it's not a lie. Third time is the charm. <laughs> no more, we swear. No more lies. No more <laughs> lies. No more lies. Insert the Raising this Machine clip. Debuted on February 21st, 2020 on Disney+. Plus. See, good things did happen in 2020, but maybe this is all. Yeah, remember? <laughs> it was right around that time that I just happened to sit down on an airplane next to Ahsoka Tano. Because <laughs> she was flying, doing press for the final season of The Clone Wars. Amazing. Wild. Yeah, I mean, this, this season of Clone Wars, imagine last year without it. Oh my goodness. This may not have been the first original series from scratch on Disney Plus, but it was kind of like a, a launch title. Yeah. It's the only season on this platform. Every mm-hmm. all the others, as as you know from listening or, or from watching or just from having that information in your brain, were on Cartoon Network or Netflix. This one, all Disney Plus. I get I, I haven't really looked into the nuts and bolts of it, but I really do feel just because of how much production they were doing with what wound up being six and se- season six and season seven that the cancellation of the Clone Wars more had to do with like behind the scenes stuff between Disney buying Lucasfilm and stuff like that. Yeah, upcoming deals and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I don't I don't think once it was off Cartoon Network, I don't know for a fact, but I it feels like it had nothing to do with ratings. It just had to do with like behind the scenes where things were going kind of. Yeah. I mean, you could imagine and maybe we'll find this out for real at some point, but you could imagine that Cartoon Network was like, "Okay, we'll renew if you give us two or three more seasons and yeah. we lock you in and Disney's like, yeah, we, we got these other plans that we can't tell you about. So mm-hmm. they did a one record deal <laughs> like we talked yeah. about with Netflix. Because so. this was, you know, February of 2020 was a few months after The Mandalorian came out. So this was like really, besides some other little things like what the Jeff Goldblum show and stuff like that, this was one of the first couple new things that was on Disney+. Plus. So it seems like it was, you know, we know from being behind the scenes like Star Wars fans that these a lot of these stories existed already and a lot of the like the animatics were like done already. So maybe there wasn't as much work that needed to be put into them, but 
it just always seemed like they were going to come out at some point. The writers on this, all the same, all the usual suspects. Cast, same deal. No new additions, really. They kept the all-stars on the team to close it out. Brought them back. There is one fun and funny sort of guest voice actor that we'll mention in the Dan of Antiquities. But aside from that, like the guy said, all the heavy hitters coming back, all the fan favorites, all the all the characters that we know and love, all the voice actors that we know and love. And there's a great exchange. I think it was, I want to say it was in like the Celebration 2019 panel talking about when they got, I think it was D. Bradley Baker heard first maybe from Filoni and he texted Ashley about it. And they had this really like cryptic back and forth about, have you talked to Dave? Have you heard anything about anything lately? She's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I I can't really say, but you know, they actually read it. They read their text exchange on stage and it's pretty sweet, man. But he reads it in Rex's voice. (laughs) It's awesome, man. Take me back. Celebration 2019. Dude. Take me back to February 21st, 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Like, God, Uh, it's like two weeks even that that's, if that's all I got, you know, up to March 1st or whatever it was like. That was right around the time. Yeah, and then back in the time machine up, up to now. <laughs> Celebration 2019 might be the last best time that I had. Just like four or five straight days of being in Chicago with a buddy, doing all Star Wars stuff, going to cool Chicago bars, eating good food, making some friends. Man, what a good time. Next year, dude, 2022, we'll be doing it together. In our backyard. We're going to hang so hard. Hell yeah. I'm so ready. So like we talked about, we're just going to do the first two arcs in this the introduction of the Bad Batch, and then a little mini adventure, a little bring us up to speed sort of thing on what Ahsoka's been doing since she left the Jedi Order, since she's been out in the world just being a citizen. Citizen Tano. Citizen Tano in the depths of Coruscant. Nick, in your notes here, Nick takes a lot of notes. Shout out Nick for notes. It's very helpful. I like to take notes. He has episodes one through four as the essential episodes, and then five through eight as the honorable mentions. But I... I feel like after today rewatching everything, I just I think you just watch the whole season. You just watch it all. This is it's twelve episodes, man. It's also good. We were texting earlier about how good the animation is, which gets me so stoked for the Bad Batch series. And it's like these are twelve, and season six was what thirteen episodes, but those weren't arcs. So this is literally three mini series, basically. Yeah, you know. So and and again, I think our everyone's expectations and knowing what was coming after the Bad Batch, we knew all the Mandalore stuff was going to happen in, in season seven. So everyone was just being very internet trolly when it came to like the Martez sisters and stuff like that. And everyone was like, they suck. And it's like, no, they don't suck. These stories are totally fine. It's cool. There's very good moments that do tie into the whole saga, especially between Anakin and Ahsoka. There, it, It's fun and totally worth watching. For sure. All right, here we go. Episodes one through four, the Bad Batch arc, starting with the Bad Batch, then a distant echo, followed by on the wings of Kyrdax, and unfinished business as episode four. Tell us about it, Nick. All right. We open up with the Republic fighting a losing battle on an axis. And Rex senses something is up because every move that the Republic makes, the Separatists, counterattacks are pretty specific so rex is a little uh sketched out by that they got the cheat codes <laughs> yeah truly or it's just instagram because they talk about algorithms <laughs> this whole arc <laughs> so our phones have us figured out they got me buying gym shorts like crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's how they beat them finally with ads targeted yep. ads targeted ads beat the clones <laughs> commander cody calls in a small group of special clones called clone force 99 a.k.a. the Bad Batch. Who are the Bad Batch, you may ask? They're defective clones that have had some unique mutations, and according to Dave Filoni at uh, The Last Celebration, they were meant to be super soldiers genetically engineered for specific skills and traits. So he said that, and that to me was like, well, wait a minute. How did we get to this idea that they were defective and they just got snatched up? So Mm -hmm. do you know anything about that? Like, I need some disambiguation here. Yeah, because I do feel like there are sort of conflicting ideas on how. Were they defective or were they mutated on purpose? So they were like arching their back and keeping it straight at the same time? (laughs) One might say that, yes. (laughs) 
But it sounds like uh, they took about 22 seconds to name all of these characters. Yeah, right. Uh, Hunter is the leader. <laughs> Hunter is the leader. Is it because he's a good hunter? He is their, you know, the lead dog in the yeah. forest hunting. And then there's a big old giant ninja turtle named Wrecker. And guess what he likes to do? Wreck stuff. <laughs> yeah. I get to blow up the whole thing. Crosshair. Guess what, guys? Sniper. <laughs> and he's got a tattoo of like a crosshair over his eye. And then... Guess what, guys? <laughs> All right. Maybe this one took a really long time because this one's really deep. Tech. <laughs> Who's really good. What does he do? He changes the guitar strings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's really good at technology. Technology. What is that all about? Is it good or is it whack? <laughs> Tech. So there we go. Along with the Bad Batch, Rex infiltrates a cyber center where they find out that the Republic battle plans are being broadcast, not from this center, but from a planet called Skako Minor. Tech hacks the signal and hears a human voice. Rex asks for this voice to identify itself, and it responds with CT-1409, which is the designation used by presumed dead ARC trooper Echo. My back hurts! My back hurts! <laughs> Who we last saw in the season three episode, Counterattack. Thought he was dead, but he ain't. <laughs> Before Anakin and company head to Skako Minor, there's a great scene that shows a secretive hollow chat between Anakin and the visibly pregnant Padme Amidala. It's really good. Yeah, it's real cool. It, you you almost forget about it being a, like a nine year old and an eighteen year old <laughs> doing the nasty. Yeah. It's a, you almost forget about all that. And it's kind of like a wink to us because she's kind of has her hand on her belly, but there's no at no point during the hollow chat are they talking about that, and she doesn't bring it right. up. He doesn't notice it. It's kind of just like something that the viewers only see. Anakin asks Rex to guard the door while the couple chats, and of course Obi Wan shows up and is. Uh, Wondering what's going on behind that door. Rex isn't helping the situation. He's acting uncharacteristically awkward. And uh, obviously, Obi-Wan is suspicious and kind of... He says, I hope you said, told Padme I said hello. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after it's all done. But dude, I love mm. the music. When he walks up, it's all... It's all that kind of like jovial, like uh, almost like the droid music, you know, from yeah, A New yeah. Hope. And <laughs> it's got a cartoon vibe to it, but it's not cartoony. It's not... Stupid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's it's not corny yeah. at all. It's helped by the uh, overall heaviness that we know, like having the information of really knowing what's going on there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the interaction after is like, you know, it's the joke. Like, I hope, I hope you said hi to her for me. But it reveals a lot in that. Like, he's he knows it's real, but he's not like, it's not like he's furious about it. You know, well, I think we know more now with Satine that there's that that's been it's been retconned, obviously, but it's been, you know, retconned in this way of like showing a side of obi-wan that has sympathy for for mm -hmm. anakin and his feelings yeah. for padme because he's been there he didn't cave but he's like well with oh anakin but that's that's the difference he like he knows that he has these feelings but he doesn't think that they've gone as far as they have as to you yeah. know get married right so obi-wan knows basically but anakin doesn't know that obi-wan knows or senses it and think mm -hmm. about how much in the star wars galaxy could like almost hinge on what if Anakin was able to talk to Obi-Wan about it. Yeah. You know, like that really that was turn, that look back when he's when he says Obi-Wan jokingly says, I hope you told Padme I said hello or whatever mm -hmm. the line is. And you think it's gonna be a normal Obi-Wan Anakin like, oh master, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but he looks back like not stoked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anakin. Which leads into, I'm sure we'll talk about it's all happening for for yeah, Anakin yeah. here. Yeah. There's a darkness in his eyes mm -hmm. from from yeah. episode one. Yo, did you correct me if I didn't interpret this correctly? At first, when he took Rex's helmet inside, I was like, "Why is he doing that? What's the point of that? Mm -hmm. Is it so when he comes out, the excuse works?" Because Rex is like, "Oh, he's checking some of my equipment or whatever." Yeah, I don't right. think Rex just made would have just made that up on the spot. I think that was the that was the plan. Like, okay. if anybody, or am I crazy? And did he use the helmet for the hollow? No, because I, I looked specifically because I was thinking that he set that, that little puck thing down next to it. Okay. Yeah, I think it was it was part of the lame-ass <laughs> lame excuse yeah. of why yeah. he was in there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me go in here and secretly check your helmet yeah. during my sexting hollow. <laughs> so Anakin, the Bad Batch, and Rex get to Skako Minor. 
where some locals do the whole Clone Wars, we don't want your war coming our planet thing. Get one more of those story arcs in the final season. One last one in there, yeah. After a bit of an ordeal, an apology, and a deal with the locals, they finally find the facility where they believe Echo is transmitting this message and is also being held prisoner. Still at this point, kind of a hunch on on Rex's behalf that Echo is alive. Thinking it's coming directly from him. Yep. In this facility, they come across a lab and they find Echo in a stasis chamber and he is not doing well at all. He's clearly being continuously drugged, kept in this stasis chamber, unconscious, wires and tubes coming out of him like he's a human battery. The matrix. In, uh, yeah, very matrix. Some of his body parts have been amputated and replaced with droid parts. It's not for children. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gnarly, dude, when they're pulling the cords out of him. Yeah. Like, we haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. spoiler alert, they pull the cords out of him. <laughs> oh, and his eyes twitching, yeah. like going mm-hmm. back and forth. Oh, man, gross. I don't know if anyone knows this on the podcast, but I have a real like fear of like eye trauma and weird eye stuff. So just seeing that makes me queasy. Noted. This is going to make it worse. You ready for this? Technically, your eyes are just extensions of your brain that poke out through the front of your head. Mm. They're really well evolved and developed neurons that got bigger and more sensitive and it's a piece of your brain sticking out your face. <laughs> but they're like connected. Ugh. Gross. And puke. So Nick, not a fan of hostile. Uh, I've never seen that, but you know what comes into mind? But I'm sure someone's told you about it. <laughs> yeah. You know what comes to mind is Kill Bill when like she rips oh, the eye out, yeah. which is terrifying, but then yes. like squeezes it when she steps on it with her toes. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, as, that's pretty much as bad as the hostile, okay. and it, it, which is amazing that uh, it's in a Tarantino movie as well and also in a terrible slasher movie that i don't even know why it's so not my jam those kinds of <laughs> yeah. movies i don't know how i ended up watching that movie Ugh. i don't i just yeah no i'm a baby when it comes to any horror or anything same like that. i'm the worst all right back to the clone wars admiral trench and the separatists have been probing echo's mind for military tactics to predict the republic's strategy and movements and it's been working admiral trench he's part of the techno union or the separatists I think he's separatist and that Watt Tambor guy is the tech. That's right. The, right? the jarhead looking yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. frog guy. I like how, that guy's always like when he's talking, like he has to change his frequency. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I like that. He's like, mur, mur. <laughs> pretty cool. But Admiral Trench is the big gross spider dude from like season three yeah, or like four, right? Kind of tarantula ish. With, with the clicky, like, yeah. Oh, disgusting. In between his words, yeah. Also gross. <laughs> Nick's mouth. <laughs> Eyeballs and spiders between your toes. <laughs> 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 so once Tech figures out how to unplug Echo from the stasis chamber without really killing him or harming him, the rest of the episode plays out as an escape episode with a lot of action as Anakin and the clones try to leave the planet. And in the conclusion of this whole uh, Bad Batch arc, the Republic planned to take back the planet of Anaxis with the help of Echo. Echo plans to trick Admiral Trench and the Separatists by giving them plans as if he's still in the stasis chamber on Skako Minor. The plan works, and the Republic defeats the droid army, but Trench decides, we're just going to blow this whole place up then. Kenobi and Windu are tasked with disarming the bomb while Anakin goes to Trench's ship to deal with him. You can sense some real dark side Anakin in this whole scene. Oh, yeah. He's, he's taking a little bit too much, almost like taking too much pleasure in dealing with Trench he's and, got and this, killing him. He's got this, like, uh, his brow is, like, very furrowed. Yeah. You know, his, his, he's, like, constantly looking more angry. In, in every scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he lightsabers him straight through the spider chest and just yeah. just yeah. walks around the room as he's like twitching about to die and then like snatches the detonator just like, peace out. And he says something like, Admiral, it's been a pleasure yeah. as he's leaving. And then he falls over. Yeah, it's like a force swagger. Yeah. <laughs> and he falls over and does that twitchy like um, leg clinch thing like spiders do when they die on their back. Notice that? Gross. Like they actually like close up. Yeah. It's nasty. Except for the side that Anakin just sliced off all of his arms. <laughs> right. So they defuse the bomb on the planet, escape, blow up all the separatist ships. Victory. The arc ends with the Bad Batch offering Echo to join them as Echo's kind of like in between whether he wants to leave. Uh, maybe he doesn't really necessarily feel like he's a, a clone trooper anymore. So he's kind of like stuck in between there and, and ultimately decides to uh, join Clone Force 99. And Rex gives him his blessing. And that's it. Echo heads off with his new buddies. Nine, nine. <laughs> I love this arc, dude. Like I've been saying the past few episodes, I'm so invested in the clones. And this one really, really hit me upon rewatch. It was even 
up another level. It's good. The way, the way it pays homage to 99 from season three and the way it um, further humanizes, even though they're like, you know, quote freaks, I guess, like they're these mutated versions of the clones. They're even more human. So it, it's even more grounded in that sense. And I'm just, I'm so pumped for these dudes to get their own series. I was going to say before I, I hadn't seen this in my first watch through getting ready for Ahsoka and Mandalorian and all that. When I watched Clone Wars the first time, I didn't watch this arc. And I've been questioning, is the show going to be, you know, in this time period before it, like, like, was it, was it going to be, cause I knew what they, I knew what, what the Bad Batch looked like. I knew what it loosely, what it was that they were, they were like sort of a b- band of outcasts from the regular clones, but I hadn't actually seen the, the arc and the, the episodes showing them in action. So watching it for the first time tonight, I was like, oh, Echo being involved in the crew makes it like that, that sets the stage for when this new show is going to take place. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, now I know where we're living. I agree with you, Adam. I, I watched this and just was just really psyched to see another sort of adventure that didn't involve the classic Skywalker saga players. And, and it was like, it, it, it was really cool to watch them work together and, and Rex and his leadership and all the things you get to see. It was just, I, I really loved it. All right, let's talk about the second arc, Ahsoka's arc. Episodes five through eight, Gone with a Trace, Deal, No Deal, Dangerous Debt, and Together Again. This is, like we said before, bringing us up to speed uh, about what Ahsoka's been doing since she left the Jedi Order. She's down in the depths of the Coruscant underworld, and it's, um, we'll mention this in Den of Antiquities maybe a little bit, little bit more but on level 1313 which has some significance nick tell us ahsoka citizen tano finds herself on the lower levels of coruscant 1313 to be exact like adam said she's on a speeder bike just she's wearing normal clothes yeah citizen she went to the gap bought some stuff she's like a mall rat (laughs) uh her, her speeder bike that she's uh cruising around on has a mechanical failure the bike crashes. She uh, crashes into like a mechanic shop and she befriends the mechanic there named Trace Martez and her sister Rafa. That's like, you're going to die here, you know. Yeah. Convenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ahsoka keeps her Jedi past a secret from the sisters and just saying she's from another level of the planet and the Martez sisters don't speak too highly of the Jedi during their conversations, citing that they think they're waging war and uh, policing Coruscant. So you kind of get that, you know, another layer of just normal ass people not really being too stoked on the Jedi and what they're up to. This is one of the more clear cut examples of that, I think, in the whole series. These aren't like other politicians or Mm -hmm. other like species that are involved in the other races that are involved in the war. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just like a couple of kids that scalp parts for money in the ghetto, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. so their opinion is actually very different than I think many of the other opinions we've heard throughout the Clone Wars. Um, when, when, as I said, other races and species throughout the galaxy have their thoughts on like what the war means and stuff. Yeah. This is like directly affecting them and their livelihood at home. And, and directly the sisters or Rafa in particular blame the Jedi for their parents dying because there was a, a whole you know, call back to Zero the Hut and the prison escape and Cad Bane. Rafa references that whole scenario and a ship, I believe a ship crashing or something where the parents saved their kids, but the parents wound up dying during that whole kerfuffle. Yeah. So I would blame the Jedi too. And the Jedi were basically just like, yeah, well, like the force will be with them. Like, um, yeah. carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Rafa agrees to a job to transport some spice in order to get some uh, get some funds. Uh, the job is to move some spice from Kessel to the pikes on the planet Obadiah. Without letting Trace or Ahsoka know, Rafa comes up with this whole plan. So they run into some trouble and drop the shipment while they're in hyperspace, which kind of seems crazy to just drop like debris in the middle of a hyperspace lane. Also, science means that that debris kept moving at hyper, hyper, in hyperspace speed for eternity. Which, spoiler, <laughs> yeah. spoiler is kind of the uh, the main incident in Light of the Jedi in the High Republic. Interesting. Spoiler. Oh. Dropping cargo in hyperspace? Uh, something in hyperspace. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it'd be really hard to slow down yeah. if you didn't have an engine to do it. 
The Pikes take them prisoners since they didn't deliver the spice shipment and tried to bamboozle them after they had already paid the sisters. The sisters and Ahsoka escape and are on the run. They do run past Bo-Katan and the Night Owls, very cool, who decide to keep an eye on Ahsoka for the next little bit because they do have a plan, actually. Now that I think about this, I'm thinking out loud. I love this vibe. Them watching from a distance Mm -hmm. all hooded up, you know, so dope. Mandalorians and hoods. That needs to be like a season three type of thing, like for the actual Mandalorian show. We'll we'll tell Filoni and Favreau when they're on the show. Yeah. Hey, dude, uh, here's a good idea. Go ahead and put this in your notes. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. The Pikes recapture Ahsoka and the sisters, and they strike a deal to recover the spice shipment that they owe the crime lords. As the sisters scheme on how to get a replacement spice shipment, Ahsoka escapes the cell that she's in and uncovers in her snooping around that Maul is working with the Pikes. I love that moment. She peeks up, you know, sees sees the hollow, but he also sees her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good indication of how hollows actually work because mm-hmm. he kind of, like, walks around and looks over the edge of that railing like he saw her duck away. Yeah, it's very cool. And you're starting to just get, like, really... I'll mention this again, but you're starting to now get into the transition of where Ahsoka comes into play in the final arc. The sisters return with the spice and find out that Ahsoka is a Jedi, which has been a secret up until now. And they find that out once the Pikes accuse them of working for the Republic and the Jedi Ahsoka. So they're shocked to know that their friend, uh, well, more like Trace's friend and Rafa's still a little iffy on whether or not she likes Ahsoka. Yo, which of the three episodes is it in? where Ahsoka does something, some highly skilled thing. Maybe they're fighting or mm-hmm. what is it? But she's like, whoa, where did you learn that? Yeah, it's like a jump or something. They had a jump like across like a bridge or something. She let her skills slip for a second for sure. And She did them. something Jedi-ish and they ask her where she learned that. And we know she means Anakin, but she says, my, my brother, brother taught, taught me. me. Mm. Yeah. Cue the tears. <laughs> but what's the thing before? Basically, like there's kind of a, a confrontation between... Trace and Rafa, and Rafa's essentially like, it's us. It's about me and you, not her. Like, she's been around. She's been your friend for a little bit, but where's she going to be in a few weeks or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, no, she's a good person, blah, blah, blah. And then when they're, you know, when, when it comes down to the wire with the pikes and they're, they're basically going to off them, Ahsoka pulls a sneaky one on them and makes the pikes think that she's going to double-cross the sisters, right? But she drops a little clue in the thing. She says something about if uh, I know where the spice is, they're going to go back and get it. And if they don't come back, I'll tell you where their family is so you can go kill their family, basically. And that's the clue because Ahsoka knows they don't have a family, right? So when they then leave, they realize Ahsoka was kind of like potentially sacrificing herself because she knew that they might not come back. She knew that there was no family. You know, she's like putting herself in jeopardy. And that's what kind of convinces Rafa, okay, she's a good person, Mm -hmm. right? So when they come back, that's the little bit that allows them to deal with this bit of news that they're about to get hit with that's revealed by the Pikes. Because they're accusing the sisters of working for the Republic and they and the Pike, what is his name? I don't remember. Gary Pike? <laughs> Sporty Pike? And one of the Pikes says, pointing, and this Jedi, Ahsoka. Ahsoka at this point is outed and the sisters are shocked, but eventually they escape with the help of some Jedi powers, and head back to Coruscant. And the final couple of minutes of this arc kind of start to sow the seeds of a transition into the the major final arc of of the whole series where Bo-Katan enters. And Bo-Katan tells Ahsoka that they have a common enemy, and that enemy is Maul, and that they need Ahsoka's help. And Bo-Katan kind of is like, think it over, you have five minutes. And of course, Ahsoka's like, all right, I'll be right there. Dude, I I remember thinking... Earlier today, she said five minutes. I'm like, five minutes? (laughs) Yeah. I can't make any decision in five minutes. (laughs) It's insane. That decision was already made, though, for her. Mm -hmm. I'm a weird person, though. (laughs) She was just waiting down there on level 1313 for this opportunity. I mean, that's not even enough time to, like, brush her teeth, like, get her bag, put her lunch (laughs) in it and all that kind of crap. But we all all know that that these people don't, they don't shower, they don't poop, they don't eat. Not needed. It's just they, one outfit. I mean, seeing Ahsoka in a different outfit was just like, well, wow. <laughs> like Nick said, you you hit the gap. Yeah, when Ahsoka left the Jedi Order, they just they gave her a gap gift card. That's that's <laughs> her severance. Yeah, go get one outfit for the rest of your life. <laughs> like we said before, not the most like action packed episodes. I mean, they are. There's action, but um, in terms of like expectations and what 
we knew we had to see for season seven. This wasn't necessarily on that list, but it's it's great upon rewatching it a few times. And the best stuff really is, like we talked about before, seeing just another, you know, someone versus the Jedi kind of dynamic in terms of outlook and worldview and perspective in the galaxy. And it just all really like it adds fuel to the fire. It adds like it ad- it adds support to the idea that the Jedi are not great in so many ways and that Anakin was justified in being disillusioned and so was Ahsoka and it was it puts a nice little bow on that fall of the Jedi story that we've been told for so many seasons and so many movies. There there was one instance too that had me thinking how little people on this level or other levels really even know about Jedi because Ahsoka mentions the name Skywalker. I can't really remember in what context she says uh, uh, Skywalker. And you would think to us, like these Jedis are superstars, you know, like it's like, oh yeah, Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. You would think that people would know the name Skywalker, but they had no clue. Yeah. Which helps with the, you know, from a certain point of view thing of Luke Skywalker just living out in the open with the same last name. Mm Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually a nice little nod to the idea that, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody just knows who Anakin Skywalker was in the galaxy. Yeah. Like, not every system in the galaxy is going to have heard these legends of each mm-hmm. particular person. Like, I, I, I back that. I did get this feeling of not like, um, like, of like secondhand guilt almost. I don't know how to describe it, but I had this feeling watching this arc where all I could think of was. I really want to see some stories that take place at like the height of the Sith being their numbers being in the thousands or something. And I want to see a story that just has to do with a couple of light side force users and a couple of dark side force users that aren't the absolute top of the food chain politically and, and so on. Because Star Wars really is all about like this elite privileged level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're talking about a bunch of rebels that come up grassroots, but it's still, a grassroots movement within a bunch of really powerful political leaders. And we're talking about like the two strongest families in the universe. And I felt like this weird sense of guilt. Like when I watched the crown on Netflix, I'm like, God, these privileged white pieces of shit. Like, why am I even watching this? (laughs) Because, you know, this is great. (laughs) This is great. But why am I paying attention to these people? And like, I had a little twinge of that for a second when the sisters were kind of telling their story thinking, I want to hear about some no-name Force users mm-hmm. that struggle in the Outer Rim somewhere. You want that little kid at the end of The Last Jedi to grow up exactly. and Broom see boy. that story. Exactly. That's what I'm looking forward to. Broom Boy is going to be in the Bad Batch. Mark it down. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> He'd be real small, like embryo size. Broom Boy's parents probably even born yet. <laughs> Species age differently? <laughs> Broom Boy's age differently? <laughs> This week, we're going to do something we would never done before, and we're going to put, from a certain point of view, in the after show for the patrons. So patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod if you want to listen to and watch that. All right, let's move on to the den. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark Sith. Oh, gosh. It's a Calicori. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Welcome to the den. Of antiquities, we got a few good ones here. I'm actually uh, very excited to go to the actual den of antiquities. Disneyland opens April 30th. Oh, God, I'm so jealous. You're so close. Yeah. All right. So the Bad Batch, the opening arc, was actually written, voiced, and animated as far back as 2012. The animatic story reel, as shown at Celebration 2015, can still be found online. So they did all the stuff where... If you've seen the behind the scenes stuff, the characters are just scooting around, you know, not animated. (laughs) It looks like cardboard kind of cutouts. Uh, They did all that stuff, did the voices and everything. But then through, you know, what we talked about earlier, the the who knows what of the the deals and the behind the scenes stuff with Lucasfilm and so on, it just got shelved. But then they came back, tweaked some things story-wise and gave us what we have now in season seven. 
as we mentioned also before the Bad Batch's official designation, Clone Force 99 is an homage to a clone named 99 from Season 3, which you heard us talk about, who was the custodian clone from Kamino, who died fighting alongside the clone troopers. It's a heavy arc. It's, it's, real, it's good stuff, good brotherhood stuff. Mm-hmm. Go back and revisit that. This is really, really cool to me. We didn't open this episode talking about how it leveled up and everything. That's to be expected. But this one thing that they leveled up this episode with was really evident to me, like right out of the gate. All the textures and everything are good. And, you know, they, they did a lot of work there. They kind of remodeled some of the faces, added more expression. But the thing that really stood out to me was the cinematography in terms of the, the quote, lenses that they use, the virtual lenses that they use in animation. So they designed these virtual lenses to mimic the actual lenses used in A New Hope, the physical lenses. So hmm. the, uh, cinema, or the lighting director, cinematographer, Joel Aaron, said he went back and did all this research and they wanted to completely emulate that because not only is it cool, but they're getting closer to A New Hope. So he wanted to match the look. And when you see that shallow depth of field, so the, the, the subject in the foreground, the, whoever's being focused on, is really sharp and in focus, and then the background is out of focus, you know, like the portrait mode that you see on, on your phone, or if you've ever used a DSLR, you see that shallow depth of field or depth of focus. That's what they achieved here with these virtual lenses, and it makes it look so much more cinematic in such a subtle way. That's crazy that they had to develop a lens. How did they do that? <laughs> to do that. That's so cool. How do they do that? Technology. <laughs> the Bad Batch characters were actually, as much as we joked about this, like they were in on the joke, Filoni and everybody, they designed these characters to look like 80s action heroes. Supposed to be like the A-Team. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard A-Team and Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Those are the two most commonly referenced. Case in point, Rambo, you know, Hunter's like Rambo look with the mullet and the headband. (laughs) Straight up Rambo, Rambo. (laughs) Wrecker is, he's basically Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, but with a, a goofy, dumb white guy voice, you know, he's the big heavy. Straight up 80s. In episode one, as the Bad Batch is kind of approaching the base there, there are two battle droids outside the base that have a couple lines that directly... I caught this. I caught this. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I caught a den thing. So good. They, they straight up do these lines from A New Hope that the stormtroopers say to each other. One says, you know what's going on? The other says, maybe it's another drill. Those lines are pulled straight from A New Hope. <laughs> so cool. Is it right before Obi-Wan gets to the shield generator? Either way, it's on the Death Star. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that scene when he, like, distracts them. Yeah, with the little force tap. He, he like, yeah, little mind, little Jedi mind trick, like, look over here. Hello there. <laughs> Episode two, uh, just an echo, one of those dragon things. I'm into dragons. I'm learning it. <laughs> reptiles. Uh, flying reptiles. He grabs Anakin and flies off. So Crosshair, the one with the crosshair, <laughs> fires a grappling hook, hits the dragon thing. Hunter grabs the end of the rope and swings away. And right before he does, Rex says, what are you doing? And Hunter says, going for a ride. And he takes off in the air like he's swinging from a vine. And for a couple seconds, the score shifts to this really, really major, just like triumphant sounding horn lead that is so unmistakably like Indiana Jones meets Luke and Leia swinging across the Death Star chasm. Full John Williams inspired motif there. It does these. That's great. It's almost. uh it's definitely like the first two notes from the Jurassic Park theme, but the way it plays out melodically. Bum, bum. Exactly. But the way it plays out is so clearly that vibe. Super John Williams inspired. In episode three, there's the Y-Wing squadron, who's labeled Gold Squadron, just like A New Hope. So that carried over somehow. In episode five, Gone with a Trace, the Martez sisters arc... This was also written in 2012, but it was planned to be a part of season six. And instead of the sisters, it was one male character named Nick Sakami, I want to say it was. Obviously, that wouldn't have been as cool. So they reworked the character, then reworked the story, and here we are. Level 1313, the level on Coruscant where the sisters live we mentioned earlier. The name is not an homage to, it's, it's a reference to something specific that a famously canceled Star Wars game, not canceled in the Me Too sense, but into production didn't end up coming out. Star Wars game was based on, it was about this level in the underworld of Coruscant. I don't know the premise aside from that. I feel like Boba Fett was involved somehow, which is why people are like, why didn't this happen? Yeah. Because 
the little information that was out there then was that it was like a bounty hunter-ish type of thing involving oh, Boba Fett. But it was way far into production, apparently, before it was canned. Hmm. Rafa, speaking of the, uh, the Martez sisters, says, I'm taking you to fortune and glory, which is a reference to a line from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, I was confused because I didn't... Is there, isn't there an actual Han Solo line, too, when he's talking about, like... Yeah, take, something about glory. Yeah, right. So yeah. I thought at, for, at first I was like, all right, Han Solo said that. I wasn't going to let you get all the glory. Yeah, yeah. Take like all the that. rewards, get all the glory. Yeah. It's a line where um, Indy's sitting up on like this cliff and they're looking down over the city and Short Round comes up and tells him that there's a stone or whatever, whatever the, the name of the stone is. And he's like, what's that? And Indy says, fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Fortune and glory, kid. <laughs> Fortune and glory. Ugh, I kind of want to watch that tonight now. You want to have some spooky nightmares about getting your heart ripped out? <laughs> you have to sleep to have nightmares, so <laughs> it's not really a problem for me. You want some uh, sleep paralysis, night terrors? Yeah. yeah. Dark side Yoda is coming for you. <laughs> uh, no thanks. <laughs> Pintu, the, the criminal that, Martez, that the Martez sisters have issues with, is uh, just kind of a furry looking dude is a species that's based on another unused bounty hunter concept sketch that Ralph McQuarrie created for The Empire Strikes Back. And this is the character who's voiced by Bobby Moynihan from SNL. Sweet. Did you ever see, I feel like he's the, the like, he's definitely done George Lucas before on SNL, but there's also a skit that he's involved in, speaks to my heart about like Star Wars toy collecting. He's no. definitely in it. He's I've like, never seen it. No. I bought, oh, it's so good. You're going to die. Because it's so, it's so on the nose where it's like at one point they're like, I bought one to collect and one to open, you know, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you got to buy two of everything. So you want to keep one in the box and you want one to open. Let's find the link and put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. In the laundromat that the Martez sisters are using as their front for their crimes, <laughs> their many crimes and schemes, uh, there's a sign on the wall that says in Arabesh, it says, Calrissian fresh, so fresh, so something you can't see the end of it i assume it says so fresh so clean right <laughs> yeah. it has to i mean it's it's a laundromat lando own a own a chain of laundromats maybe <laughs> maybe he does one of his he's like a he's like a he shark loves his clothes shark tank he loves he loves keeping those capes clean yeah that makes sense right like if you're gonna put some obscure crap like how is this universe so small like of course the cape dude has a laundromat <laughs> chain yeah, on sure. coruscant i back that Admiral Ularen, who's in a lot of these Clone Wars episodes and seasons, we know him, we mentioned this before, as the old white-haired dude in the white Imperial officer suit in the conference room on the Death Star at the beginning of A New Hope. No lines, just sitting there. Just sitting there looking old and white. (laughs) (laughs) His look was updated for this, adding more gray hair to kind of bridge the gap between the Clone Wars you know, darker hair, dark mustache version and the Rebels and a New Hope version because he's in Rebels as well. Full white-haired Silver Fox and a New Hope. Episode six, Deal, No Deal. Ahsoka and Anakin, this is so good. Ahsoka and Anakin sense... This is probably my favorite scene. Yeah, it's so good. Ahsoka and Anakin sensing each other when she's on Trace's ship. They're trying to leave and it's like Trace's first time even flying, you know? This, this is news to Ahsoka. So she doesn't know the protocol for like leaving you know, getting into like a, a lane or like getting... Yeah, it's like a military lane. Yeah. She's just in the wrong spot and everything's like, shit's about to hit the fan. So there's like kind of a callback right there to the, uh, it's an older code, sir, but it checks out, you know, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does he say? Like, I, I was about to approve them, sir. Whatever, you know, it's a version of that. But then also like the, the emotional awesome part is that Anakin senses Ahsoka and vice versa. Yeah. And it cuts back and forth between them and he knows she's there, so he, he lets them go. She she feels it too, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, it tugs on the heartstrings. But the best part is, for Ryan, it's it's his favorite scene in quote <laughs> uh, being referenced. What is it? I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. It's your imagination. There it is. That's my line. <laughs> and wrapping up the den. Oh, wait, before we wrap it up, I just looked up something. Because I feel like we had this question before and we didn't uh, answer it. According to some searches on the internet, D. Bradley Baker does do all of the Bad Batch voices. I can't find any other information saying anything other than that. So 
D. Bradley Baker, who voices all of the clones, also came up with four new voices for yeah. the Bad Batch. Yeah. He talks about it briefly in the celebration panel, which we should put in the notes as well. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He talks about it being some of his favorite time recording because he got to create all of those and mm -hmm. got to kind of get outside of the box. That dude's amazing. Wrapping it up, last one in the den. One of the Mandalorians in Bo-Katan's crew, the Night Owls, is none other than Ursa Wren, the mother of Sabine Wren from Rebels. We haven't done Rebels yet, but it's coming soon, and I'm pumped. Ryan, I'm stoked for you to watch the whole thing. I'm ready. Moving on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite episode title cookies, as we call them, as they're called. I could almost pick a favorite scene out of these because there's so few episodes. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. right. What about you guys? I mean, I was going to say I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I don't have to pick. It's like I, my favorite of the season is not being covered in this week's yeah. Thank the Maker. So yeah. of the two, I prefer the Bad Batch arc for sure. Uh, so, I mean, if I have to pick a favorite of the two, that that's it. I, I really enjoyed. I, I don't know, man. Rex is the best dude. Oh, yeah. Man. So you good. know. And that scene between him and, and Echo when he kind of lets him go at the end, mm -hmm. just that, that level of humanity in his leadership where he's like, if you don't feel like you belong here, man, because I'm smart enough to know that I can sense that you feel like you do belong with these guys, then go, mm -hmm. you know? And that the salute scene, man, like it was just like chills you know, yeah. all over, classic Star Wars chills all over your body, like the clones saluting each other and this like really ceremonial like respect and love and honor <laughs> broship as Cartman yeah. calls it <laughs> and just yeah it was it's awesome so that's probably my favorite moment of these eight episodes we talked about is when when Rex says you know if you don't feel like you're you belong here then then go and the salute that followed my favorite cookie from these eight I believe is episode five gone without a trace if there is no path before you create your own I dig that a lot. Creative appeal. You ever feel like, you know, you, you you picked music, like that's the thing you picked, and then there's like just no path before you? <laughs> I, I just really relate to that one. Yeah. Yep. It's like every day that passes, you're like, yeah, people don't really like music anymore. <laughs> no, they like TikTok. Well, yeah, which has music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> music is more of like a feature. That's what it is. It's like yeah. a feature now. It's not really a lifestyle. Yeah, it's something you add to your posts. <laughs> yeah, for ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Um, I'll go. Hmm. I'll go. Let's let's mix it up, and I'll go with episode eight, the the last one of the Martez sisters uh, arc. Not necessarily because of the Martez sisters, but just because kind of you're wrapping up and getting to where the last arc is. So I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. I, I like that that episode eight starts to give you the hints of where we're heading. So I like that Ahsoka has a little bit of a taste of citizen life. She finds it hard to keep it from people, but she still uses her like Jedi, you know, levitation and stuff to kind of... We've mentioned that on a, like past episodes, like, what would you do if you had Jedi powers, you know? Like, yeah, I would be lazy about it, you know? I'd like grab the remote from across the room, you know? Like you're <laughs> seeing you're seeing Ahsoka kind of use her Jedi powers in like the daily life. And it's kind of hard to not, I guess. But uh, I, I don't know. I just like that it starts to tie in Bo-Katan and Night Owls and Maul and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll go with that as far as uh, for no other reason than not picking what Ryan did because we did that last week. <laughs> Okay, Nick, favorite uh, cookie? I'm going to go with episode three, which I can't believe we haven't made this joke yet, but on the wings of Kyrdex. <laughs> um, survival is one step on the path to living, which I'm, I'm interpreting as like surviving is one piece of living. You know, like I feel like often, especially this last year, I think I equate getting by as living. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, I'm Rent's surviving. covered. Cool. Food's on the table. I may have said this on the show before. My, my grandfather, my papa, my mom's dad, who I just loved him. He was just the, he was the best. Oh, people. And as he got, yeah, people. 
uh, as he got older, almost every time, if you're like, Papa, how you doing? His answer was always, I'm vertical. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Surviving. Yeah. I mean, anytime anyone's checked in on me and the, you know, not you guys are closer friends, but you know, random DM friends, like, how you doing? My answer has always been, I'm existing. (laughs) (laughs) It's truly what I'm doing. (laughs) Throw back to the beginning of this show when we were talking about how this season aired in February 2020. Yeah, Yeah, not to to make it even darker, but uh, the past several months at work, when I come in and, you know, since I've been back like in a physical place now, when someone says in the morning, what's up, how you doing? My response is, I'm not dead. (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, well you know what I took the positive I took from that conversation we just had is Nick said when people like not like you guys like or closer friends I I like that in one year's time like we've talked about this on the show before too we met on tour but like really met a year ago Mm -hmm. that we're in that group for each other like we're in the group that gets to talk more about it Yep. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a positive. <laughs> Agreed. All right, my favorite episode. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. We're seen. I like seen from this with the only the eight episodes and knowing that the final arc is the favorite. Like more than a favorite scene, I, I have a couple favorite moments. I guess it, the scene where Obi Wan walks up on the barracks when Anakin's in there talking to Padme is just such. A delightful little light he like moment. He looks goofy too when he's walking <laughs> he up. Like, oh, I'm so excited to be here. Jar Jar Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, totally. I just love his mannerisms, and I love how uncomfortable Rex is because he's not used to being. Yeah, that's a lie. You know, Captain like, Rex, you know. Yeah. He doesn't have his helmet on, so he's very like, oh, 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 oh. So it's like, oh shit, here he comes. Here he comes. Uh, so it's just so good. And then on uh, the other side, on like a more serious side, that the moment that I mentioned um, when Anakin and Ahsoka sense each other, tears. Love that. So great. But my favorite episode is probably going to be of these eight, Unfinished Business, because of, of how it ends with the clones and how they find Echo. It, it's, it's just all very emotional, and it leads me to my favorite cookie here, which is from episode one, actually. Episode one, The Bad Batch. Embrace others for their differences, for that makes you whole. I know what they mean, but I'm not going to embrace someone's differences if they're a piece of crap, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think they mean if you're being a piece of crap. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes. About it. I like that better. Yeah, this is is advice for the crap pieces, (laughs) people. You don't have to embrace the shaman guy. <laughs> no. Uh you don't have to embrace the guy who's embracing the the podium that he was running out of the Capitol with. Yeah. yeah. The my pillow guy? No way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what the patrons thought who we pulled. The patrons, of course, like I said, we pulled on Patreon. Patreon.com slash thank the maker pod if you want to be one of those people. They chose, with 50% of the vote, their favorite episode, episode four, Unfinished Business. You know, my people, we're on the same page. <laughs> Second place with 28% of the vote is episode eight, Together Again. So, Digging the finales this week. Yeah. Their favorite title cookie, favorite title card, quote, first place with 34% of the vote, episode seven, Who You Were Does Not Have to Define who you are. Yeah. I like that because when I was a teenager, I was a piece of crap. Personal growth, you know? Everybody says that when they met me in 2004, it was the best experience of their whole life. <laughs> that I was <laughs> the nicest, kindest guy. <laughs> I've only ever heard that story. You know what? How, what if I just straight up disagreed in who, who I was? <laughs> it's not define who I am. I'm literally, we're all literally 40-something-year-old Star Wars fans on a podcast. I've That's always liked true. Star Wars. There is that. <laughs> and is I that. am the bass player of the band that wrote Until the Day I Die. <laughs> not anything after. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe this has nothing to do with us, actually. But I think, to the last point, that's they're talking about... <laughs> 
Second place with 25% of the vote, episode five, Ryan's pick. If there's no path before you, create your own. Do it. Do it. Drop out of college twice (laughs) and play in a band. Defy your parents. All right. Pumped to get to part two of this and talk about the last, the final arc of the final season, the genuine final season. Can you edit it with in all the spare time you have into a movie so I can watch it all at once like a movie <laughs> with no credits between? Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow morning so I'll say my arm hurts really bad and I just won't go to work. Cool. Hell yeah. Cool. All right, Billy Key, you want to give us a quote of the week? Yeah, I found a cool one uh, this week. The godfather of all the things that have been created, I think, in, in the world of things that we love as nerds said, I would rather entertain and hope that people learn something then educate people and hope they were entertained. Walt Disney. That's a smart guy right there. Isn't that a great quote? Very yeah. Or to create something I'm passionate about to, with the purpose of entertaining people and hope they find something meaningful in it rather than force, you know, rather than be a, a chemistry teacher. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I think that's, that's coming from such a creative mind to say something like that. Great quote. And that's the best way to educate people is to sneak it in there, you know, yep. create something that's, that's appealing for on, on its own merits and kind of just wedge in there the good stuff. Unless you're Kirk Cameron and you're making some uh, creationist weird thing about the rapture. That doesn't count. <laughs> All right. Wrapping it up. This one uh, was going to be shorter, but it wasn't, but we don't care because we love it. I think next week's going to be just great. It's just yeah. going to, it's just going to be very conversational and like almost like covering a film. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. If you're looking for the podcast on social media, you can find us on Instagram at ThankTheMakerPod, on Twitter at ThankTheMaker. My stuff is all at AdamTheSkull. You can find me everywhere at William Ryan Key. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Bayside. And thank you all for buying merch at ThankTheMakerMerch.com. We have gotten zero pictures of you wearing our merch. We are so disappointed. I'm going to Disney World April fourth or fifth i don't know which day yet sweet and i will be posting many photos in my top gun star wars t-shirt excellent nice zero is not an exaggeration i know we sold (laughs) t-shirts i see the analytics where are the photos let's go come on show us your blouse put it on (laughs) we want to share your sharing yeah yeah use reels or whatever puts the music on that stuff that people make to be the background stuff for your social media stuff do that with one of our shirts. (laughs) If you want to support this podcast, like all these great people that do, number one, thank you so much. You folks literally make it possible to do this podcast. If you want to be one of those people, you can go to patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod and become a patron, which would get you in on voting on these polls, let you in on the Discord server, which is a great little Star Wars community to hang and share things, access to the after show content, access to AMAs and things that other people don't get, but if you just want to be a part of it, if you just want to support, if you just want to get in the Discord and kind of hang out, $3 a month, $36 a year. But the number of dumb things I've spent $36 on is incalculable. It's <laughs> it's embarrassing. I would much rather spend it on a Star Wars podcast. You could be one of those people. Do you like cool. us? Do you like the three of us Do you collectively? Like me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like collectively the three of us? Enough to buy us one cup of coffee a month that we all have to split. (laughs) (laughs) We we change it up. Who buys it, freezes it, and mails it in dry ice to the next person. (laughs) But we have to share it. We really appreciate it. It does thaw well, though. When we share it, it's nice. And we feel connected. We like sharing. You can help us do that. You can help us share frozen and shipped coffee to each other (laughs) and nick brews it actually so nick brews it sells it then we buy it back so we're losing (laughs) losing a lot of money i'm double dipping i'm double dipping baby there's some kind of tax problem here (laughs) coffee inception (laughs) all right it's late again our brains are fritzing again so thanks everybody for listening dudes i love you i know yes sir (laughs) may the forge be with you